0: 104.7 The Cave, J.K.L.H., Marshfield, Springfield. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network.
1: Touchdown, Kansas City!
0: Now, it's time for Ned Talk.
2: Happy November 1st. It is past Halloween, and we are getting into the nitty-gritty of the NFL season and it is another round of Ned Talk. I am Joe Weston joined as always by Ned Reynolds. Ned how are you this morning?
1: Beautiful November 1st sunny and clear and the autumn nip is in the air and hey the chiefs are playing what else could you want?
2: Did you get held up at all today by the marathon going on in town?
1: I told John just a second ago not I wouldn't say held up but I did have to change the route coming to the station that I normally use because part of part of where I am is a crossing pattern for them and uh, that was fine. Those the, the marathon runners and more power to them. I'm not going to be one of them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> John Oliver joins us today.
3: Less of John Oliver. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, Joe. I, for some reason, I'm colder. I don't understand why. <laughs> you cut your hair at the wrong time. You're
2: supposed to do that in the spring. Uh, so. That's
3: what everybody tells me. But why? Why go with the green? It's exactly. So
2: much, exactly. Were yeah. you held up by the marathon today?
3: I was a little bit. Yeah, but I, not too bad. It seemed like they had a good good grasp on everything.
2: Yeah. I just. Uh, when I see people out running, I just go, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that I can think. Let's start out. Let's get right into it and talk about uh, who's hot in the NFL. It's brought to you by All Service Air Service. Ned, last week we had a two five and 5-0 teams take each other on. And when we were watching that game, Steelers were in command. And then they kind of let it get away from them. And the Titans got back in that game. Steelers won it.
1: What do you think? 27-24 to was the final. The Steelers won and did remain undefeated. Steelers are a good team, as so is Tennessee. And those teams will probably, somewhere along the line, well, they they definitely will meet again. And uh, the whole result may be a whole lot different. Now, you can have the power ratings, which, in my opinion, are totally meaningless. (laughs) It is there simply for the media to discuss during the course of the week when nothing else is going on, where the, what, what the strengths of teams are alleged and weaknesses. Folks, and I'm not being chauvinistic, there is only one premier team in the NFL, in my opinion, and that's the team that we're about to have here on the, uh, on the, uh, on the Chiefs broadcast, on the Chiefs network. It's, it's Kansas City. Mm-hmm. They are head and shoulders. That may be a bit of a stretch, but they have the best team in the NFL, in my opinion, the most diversified team. Mm-hmm.
2: John, what do you think after that game last week?
1: <laughs> well,
3: uh, I, Pittsburgh just keeps getting it done. I mean, that's all you can really say about it. Roethlisberger is doing well. He's, he's not a guy that I care for, but at the same time, they're, they look pretty hard to beat. I watched a game Sunday
2: night, before we get into the Chiefs, between uh, the, the Cardinals and the Seahawks. The Seahawks looked impressive at time. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals won that game. They, they did. Kyler Murray, Murray brought the team back and won that game. I was impressed with the way that he played.
1: But they, didn't they win it in overtime? Yeah, they, yeah, they, they win did win
2: that in overtime. I was impressed with the way he played. I've been very impressed with the way that, of course, Russell Wilson. What can you say about Russell Wilson? I mean, just phenomenal quarterback. That right. He's a guy that a lot of times does not get the protection that he needs, mm-hmm. does not get everything. doesn't have, like, superstar stud receivers down the field for him, but he's a guy that finds a way to get it done. He's so, a winner
1: and, yeah. and always has been a winner. In college, he knew how to win, and he's taken that football acumen and made it work in the pros with Seattle. And you're right, he doesn't have necessarily the protection he should. He's missing some key ingredients uh, and, and we don't have the Lebanon-Missouri product on the team anymore either, so that, <laughs> that makes a difference. Uh, that our, our identification is gone from the Seahawks. But over and above that, Wilson is a remarkable athlete and always has been. I don't know how much longer he can continue because he's not a kid, but he gets it done and his ability to, to win those games. Now, he did not win that one on Sunday night. Kyler Murray himself is a future star in the making. He is He's going to be a very good player, and the Arizona Cardinals are going to be a tough out for anybody.
2: Let's talk about our team, the Kansas City Chiefs. We had a lot of predictions last week that the game would be fairly close for a while. I don't think it ever really was fairly close. What are your thoughts on that game?
1: Well, it was. and Now, the score was not. It was (laughs) 43-16. But the 43-16, you take away nine. I know you can't do that. But you take away the interception and the 101-yard kickoff return. Uh-huh. And what was the final score, gentlemen? And what did uh, <clears throat> Ned Reynolds predict? 29-16 <laughs> to 16 is what I said the final would be, and that's what it would have been. Take away those two big plays.
2: And what did I say? You, I said it was 38-17. So I was closer than you were with the actual did, real but, score.
1: But did, you, but, 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 did but, you pick those big plays? <laughs>
2: Well, I didn't know we were supposed to pick big plays before no, the game those do were the is rules when you
1: lay the game out on paper, you <laughs> take those variables and you push them out. You put what you have statistically hey, I'm alibying anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's Ned talk anyway, so don't argue with me. There it. <laughs> you go.
2: Yeah, they got it done in all phases last week. I was impressed with the way the Chiefs played, you know, handled the game completely.
1: No, you take a look at the stats, though, and they are overwhelmingly in Denver's favor. Yes. But then again, that's misleading because Denver had to do those things and the yeah. Chiefs didn't. Mm-hmm. And the Chiefs weren't on the field all that much. So, yeah, it made a difference.
3: John, your thoughts on the Denver game? Uh, Honestly, overall, I really think there should be a petition to possibly change the Chiefs' name to the Chameleons because, (laughs) you know, we started off the first, you know, four games of this year, it was just passing attack, Mahomes in vintage form, if you can say that about a guy who's been in the league three years. But then we saw the defense pick up and win a game. Then we saw the running game, you know Hilaire has you know blossomed, but this last game it was special teams, just like you guys were talking about. Pringle with that one hundred and two yard kick return. He had
2: a great game, and i I really feel like he was he was the star of the game because he. He laid out a block at one point oh, that yeah. sprung a guy free. He and and it's just not the kind of th- other than the touchdown return, mm-hmm. it's not the kind of things that you see on the stats at the end of the game when you look at that. But Byron Pringle had a fantastic game last Sunday.
3: Absolutely, and he I mean he would be a starter on probably I'd venture to say twenty five other teams, and he's on our he's on our special teams unit. The other thing is, I keep saying this every week, it seems like, Daniel Sorensen is super underrated in this league. I mean, the instincts on him, that was a perfect read of what Locke was going to do. And then the speed was fairly impressive for him to take that back 50 yards. So the Chiefs keep getting it done, and the names change, and it just seems like a different style each week right now, and they're still getting the job done.
2: It was our uh, it was our first week to see our new chief, and they used him in very limited ways. What did you think about the way the, uh, Andy Reid used him, and what do you see in the future for him? Well, with the, w- the
1: way they used him against Denver is exactly what I thought would happen. He was a backup to uh, Edward Solaire, and he was in, I think he had 30, 36 or 37 yards of, mm-hmm. of uh, running offense, so he wasn't in all that much, but he was also in the block. And Le'Veon Bell is a very good blocking back. In fact, I think that's really the reason they got him as opposed (laughs) to being a running back. Now, how he'll show up today, he may play quite a bit more today. Of course, it's the New York Jets against whom he's playing, and I'm sure he has some extra motivation. But you know what? The Jets might as well in going after him because he's a guy who's abandoned their team, and that is sometimes looked upon very unfavorably by other players. But that's delving into the psychological aspect. He is not the Le'Veon Bell of the past. He's not going to be. You, he, he's been around for eight years now, and six of them were the Steelers. He just does not have quite the breakaway speed, probably does have the power. But he'll be, he'll be very good depth for Kansas City, and I think that's principally the reason that they got him.
2: You weren't here when we were discussing Le'Veon Bells joining the team. What do you think of that, did that get?
3: Well, the signing happened when I was here the week before okay. last. So, I mean, we talked a little bit about it, and I think then I mentioned my hesitancy on how he was going to gel with the team. Here's what impressed me the most. Number one, six carries for 39 yards. That's nothing to sneeze at. He did well when he was in there. As Ned said, he blocked. Eric Bieniemy our offensive coordinator leaked the story that basically Le'Veon Bell reached out for Edwards Hilaire's phone number, wanted to call him, make sure he knew that he wasn't coming in to disrupt the scheme, take any carries away from Edwards Hilaire. That's a classy move. You don't see that in the game these days. So, you know, my hesitancy evaporated when I saw that and the fact, you know, nothing was about Le'Veon Bell on the field last week fit in well and I think he may end up being a nice addition.
2: I listened to the pregame show as I was leaving here after our show, which by the way, the pregame show starts in about 50 minutes. And Dan Israel said that he had been around Le'Veon Bell for the week or a couple of weeks before the Denver game and that he had been nothing but stellar with the Chiefs. He had said all the right things, done all the right things, but this is the honeymoon period. It is, it is the it time is. where he's just joining the team <laughs> and uh we'll see how things go, but I I think he's a guy too that also knows hey as a running back even though he's not old by age in any stretch of the imagination, but as a running back goes, he's kind of old and that this is a good opportunity for him to win another NFL championship.
1: And don't overlook the fact, gentlemen, and I I'm, Please don't misunderstand, not being negative, but don't overlook the fact that his track record is not exactly golden. Not Michigan State, with the Steelers, and with the New York Jets, and especially with the Jets. Uh, He has had his difficulties. Yeah, you're right. We're on the honeymoon period now. Things are glorious and rosy, and the team is winning. So we'll, we'll yeah. see how it eventually works out, but I do think he's a good addition.
3: I'll sniff a little sunshine on this, Ned, because there's <laughs> another guy on the roster that I, I think kind of had the same path, and that's Tyron Matthew. I mean, he was essentially out of the league at one point. He, everything that could go wrong for him, he was mentioned in the same breath as Pac-Man Jones when they talked about failed players. And sometimes something clicks for someone, and then they realize, hey, this is my role. I need to be a leader and then everything else falls into place. So we'll hope it falls in the ladder. I'm not saying what you said isn't possible by any means.
2: Well, I think culture's incredibly important, and I think it's often an overused word in sports when you hear teams talk about, well, we want to change the culture. Andy Reid's established a culture with Kansas City. It's a winning tradition. It is a team tradition because you don't hear a lot of Sniping and bad comments right. come out of that locker room, <laughs> and there are guys there that you could see doing that sort of thing. I'm not getting the ball enough, or they're not finding me enough. And we talk about this every week. It's one of the phrases that Kansas City uses one of the sports cliches, which is next man up. But That's they right. are definitely a next man up team because e- each week somebody is stepping up and taking, doing something. Byron Pringle last week, that's not a name that any any of us probably would have picked.
1: But, Joe, invariably, those teams are winning teams, and Kansas City is a winning team. They have the winning formula brought about by Patrick Mahomes and a very good offensive attack. Defense has been shaky on occasion, but offense has been able to overcome it. When you have that philosophical approach to a game knowing – very well that you're going to put points on the board it becomes a whole lot easier to accept adversity and say, hey, everything is fine and rosy. I don't think anything's going to go badly for the Chiefs this year. But before you before you talk about Andy Reid and his glorious and and he has been don't don't misunderstand me he has had a great effect on this team and he's one of the best. But before you anoint him as being the altogether savior, so is Bill Belichick, and it ain't exactly that right. right? Well, well,
2: I want I wanted to say that because. Th- those two coaches, if they're the probably the top two coaches in the NFL, Andy Reid and Bill Belichick, and Belichick, all the championships. But I don't think there's a great culture in New England. And I
1: th- oh Joe no no, no no
2: wait no wait wait a minute let let let's before before you step on me on this one let me just hear <laughs> me out because they've had a lot of guys go there and not fit in and leave, and with Kansas City. They've had a lot of guys come in and fit in and work within the structure, and you hear a lot of stuff out of New England, a lot of sniping, a lot of things coming out of it. And I'm just saying that the culture, not the not you divide up the culture and the winning tradition because they're two separate things. And I think that Kansas City just has. And I'm not saying Andy Reid's the savior. I'm just saying that the whole organization at Kansas City's put this great winning, has put a great culture together. For the players to be in, I think New England is about ego, and it's been about Brady and Belichick's ego for so many years.
1: A couple years ago, and it has been probably five, six, seven years ago, the Chiefs were getting beaten forty-eight to Mm ten and fifty-one to thirteen. And where was the culture then?
2: You're true. I mean, you're right. It, uh, the, the best deodorant is winning.
1: <laughs> There's no question about it. And Reed has brought that thought process to them. There's no question about that. He did it in Philadelphia yes. and he's able to do that in, in the Kansas City. As a matter of fact, when Philadelphia let him go, I think he I think this is right. He was out of work 20 minutes. Well, that's, that's what everybody said. Andy Reed's being
2: let go, but he will have a job before the end of the day. We're coming up on our pregame show with dan israel and the crew that happens in about 44 minutes you're listening to ned talk on 104.7 the cave
0: you're listening to ned talk on 104.7 the cave part of the kansas city chiefs radio network back to ned talk on 104.7 the cave a proud member of the kansas city chiefs radio network Back to Ned Talk. We're about 49 minutes, 39 minutes. Away. Sorry about that.
2: Time change has got me thrown off. 39 <laughs> minutes away from the start of the pregame show with Dan Israel, Art Haynes, and the crew as we sit around and talk about sports. Yesterday, a big day in college football. We'll check in with What's Brewing in College Football, brought to you by Arctic Food Equipment with Ned Reynolds. We, uh, I think we cursed Trevor Lawrence with our man crush (laughs) that we've thrown on him the last couple of weeks because he came down with COVID, and Clemson uh, had a nail-biter yesterday.
1: They did. They had to come from way behind to beat a Boston College team that is very underrated. They're not all that bad. They can play the game. In fact, I'm anxious to see when they play Notre Dame a little bit later on how BC and the Irish hook up because they've had some classic battles in the past. But that's over and above things. I think Clemson proved themselves by coming back. They were Mm -hmm. way down uh, finally collected their forces. Are we going to allow this upset to continue? And they did not. And won at uh, 34-28. Very nice victory. It may affect them in the polls. It also may not be. I still maintain the two best teams in the country are Clemson and Alabama. Alabama just toyed with Mississippi State last night. Could have could have named the score against them and didn't. It was, I think, 41 to nothing or something like yep. that. But the fact remains that Clemson and Notre Dame... Notre Dame is also undefeated, are going to play this Saturday night. And they'll do so in South Bend, Indiana, under the lights <clears throat> for national television purposes, of course. And Trevor Lawrence will not be there. He will not play because he will not have completed the COVID-19 protocol by that time. I think you'll probably be feeling okay, but that doesn't really enter into it under the uh, rules of the game established by the ACC. All right, having said that, Notre Dame played Georgia Tech yesterday and, and kind of toyed with them a little bit, too. It was I think 31-13 was the final. It could have been a whole lot worse. But the the fact is that Notre Dame playing at home has a history of beating some of the big teams coming in. We mentioned that last week, Miami. What was it, the the Catholics against the convicts. That, the I remember league. that well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A historic game, to <laughs> say the least. And then the Florida State, under Bobby Bowden, had some great teams that came in there. Mm-hmm. This is age catching up. And The, the quarterback for the Florida State team that went to the NBA and played guard for the New York Knicks. Oh, uh, Peter Work. No, no, no. no, that's not who it was. Uh, Um, uh, Work was a wide receiver. I can't think of a QB. Anyway, they came in there as number one team, and Notre Dame knocked them off. So Clemson going in there without their uh, star quarterback, even though Clemson is a terrific football team, Notre Dame isn't bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, That could be a very good football game. It also could be a preview of the ACC championship game. They're not divided this year. There's no East, or North and South, I guess it is, in the ACC. There's no North Division and South Division. It's number one versus number two for the championship. It could be Notre Dame and Clemson again. That's right. It's Charlie Ward, by the way. Ward, Charlie
0: As a
3: Knicks fan, I'm ashamed Ward. that I went You're a Knicks Ward. fan? Ugh, it's, it's not easy. Oh. <laughs> it's Charlie not Ward, easy at I all. I think there's
2: something to take for that, isn't there? You get like a shot or something to uh, become a Knicks I, fan.
3: I think there's a death pill to take <laughs> for it.
2: <laughs> what about the upset yesterday? Oklahoma State <laughs> losing.
1: Oklahoma State got shown up for uh, some of their deficiencies. Here's Texas, mm-hmm. and Texas is good. I wouldn't say Texas is as good as Oklahoma State, but they beat them. They beat the Cowboys in Stillwater, beat them in overtime, and that's a significant victory for the Longhorns and Coach Herman. So will yeah, Oklahoma State did not? They depressed me in in watching what they were unable to do and couldn't hold on to the football. That made a very big difference. Mm-hmm. Is there? Is there a, a top team in, in the Big 12? Yeah, it's Oklahoma. They go out to Texas Tech and just riddle the Red Raiders out there. are 60-28 or something like that. Just ran all over them. And Oklahoma can do that. They have that kind of an offensive attack if they get everything together. I do like their ball club. I'm going to vent and rant a tiny little bit here. <laughs>
2: I thought you were doing that already.
1: Oh, no. That's only, <laughs> I'm only opining now. now this, is, this is vetting and ranting on our nation's media. And this, of course, oh, is no, the... Oh, no. It's
2: time to take a drink.
1: No, <laughs> this is the sports media. The sports media last week in a certain periodical, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it has sports USA illustrated. Today with it. <laughs> they came out with a story just because Wisconsin had to cancel their game with Nebraska.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: That's one game. Wisconsin-Nebraska. Wisconsin does have a significant COVID-19 yeah. outbreak.
2: Well, the whole state of Wisconsin, I think, is yeah. outbreak.
1: Well, their story was Big Ten Begins to Unravel. Oh, good grief. That was the nature of the story. What kind of a story is that? One game, you're going to have games that are canceled. That's going to happen. You knew that ahead of time. Mm-hmm. But to have that kind of, a, kind of a, in a sense, fear-mongering headline, Big Ten Begins to Unravel, what? that's where we're making a very big mistake. Uh-huh. And that, all right. I've vented and it I could go on, but I'm not going to.
2: I think two drinks so far today. <laughs> two drinks <laughs> from so Ned far. And his is venting on the media. Um there was a bad incident yesterday. Let's talk about that a little bit it's with, the Missouri, game. with the Missouri game. There was a fight, so mm-hmm. uh, I I didn't see it, but there was a lot of news crawls going on about it. What what exactly
1: happened? Well, the quarterback for um, Florida, right toward the end of the first half. And matter of fact, it may have been the last play of the first half. Took a substantial hit. <clears throat> Excuse me, and the Gators took exception to this substantial hit, and there was some punches thrown. Out come the benches. It was a pretty good little brawl now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it resulted in several players being kicked out of the game. Did it have an effect on the game? Probably not because Missouri Missouri plays well at home, and they aren't playing well on the road at no. all. And uh, Florida beat them up 40-17, uh, to 17, I think the final score was. It's a good Florida team, don't get me wrong, but, but uh, Missouri didn't play quite as well as they have. But, yeah, to have that kind of p- fighting and pushing and carrying on and – Players getting ejected—that's that's not a good scene at all. Right.
3: Let's check in with John and his fantasy picks. It's brought to you by Fazoli's. So, a couple of fantasy picks. As I mentioned, you know, a couple of weeks ago, it's getting later in the season. These are harder to find. Uh, this one might be picked up. I'll give you two, just in case this one's picked up. Uh, Mike Davis, of course, right now is the Panthers running back. He's done a very admirable job in Kristen McCaffrey's absence. Uh, McCaffrey is close to coming back. So, you know, for this week, if you have a chance to pick him up, he's probably going to be pretty productive. But past this week, you probably don't want to stick with him. Now, the big one that I think people really need to take a look at is a wide receiver who comes to us from the University of Mississippi, and that's A.J. Brown for the Titans. He came off a significant knee injury, didn't play until week four, and in the three games that he has been back, he's got 293 yards in those three games. Wow. Impressive. He is. I think what happened, from what I understand, is he rehabbed so much they're saying he's more explosive now than he was before his knee injury, so he's a really interesting candidate, and the Titans are a good team, so definitely somebody to take a
1: look at. You mentioned McCaffrey and coming back. Do you are you predicting that he plays next week against the Chiefs?
3: I think he will play next week against the
1: Chiefs. Absolutely. That gives Carolina a pretty good little weapon. Now they're not on the same ball, or in the same ballpark with Kansas City, at least on paper. But that might be a pretty good little football game. I think when it will be back in there. Absolutely.
2: We are 30 minutes away from the beginning of the pregame show with Dan Azriel and Art Haynes. So stick around for that. It's Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave.
0: You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7, The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network.
2: Joe Weston, Ned Reynolds, John Oliver in the studio getting set for another Chiefs game as they take on the Jets this afternoon. Just We're just a couple hours away from kickoff. And it's time for us to check in with John as we do our injury report. It's brought to you by Morrison, Webster, and Carlton.
3: Well, this one's going to be a bit lopsided today. So for the Chiefs, Sammy Watkins is still out. And then Mitchell Schwartz is also still going to be out on the offensive line. For the Jets, whew, I'll take a side before I get into this. <laughs> Jamison Crowder, their wide receiver, is doubtful. Frank Gore is questionable. However, I do think he will be in there. Sam Ficken, their kicker, is out. Jordan Jenkins... Their linebacker is questionable. And last but not least, Cameron Clark on their offensive line is out. That's a lot of players. It is. And they are
2: uh, uh, not a team that's in great shape. They've had major issues. We've talked about Le'Veon Bell leaving the team, the defensive coordinator taking shots at the head coach. <laughs> that is a, That's a bad culture, Ned. That's a bad culture. There's
1: no question about it. This is a team in total disarray. But there's one thing that you do have to consider, that these guys are professionals. They are getting a paycheck. There is a certain level of professional pride that they have about what they're trying to do. They are winless. Yes, from an emotional standpoint, they've got to be way down. But they are going up against a former player who bailed out on them. And that's Le'Veon Bell. What kind of a reaction did that have with the team? How did they accept that? I think we're going to find that out because I think Le'Veon Bell's probably going to play quite a bit more today than he has in the past. The Jets team, and they're not very good. No, they're terrible. You've (laughs) got to face it. Uh, Their offense, (laughs) I love this one, of uh, the 32 teams in the NFL, the New York Jets are D-A-L, gentlemen. Now, that's an acronym that... (laughs) It's dead blank last. I know it well. <laughs> we've been, we've you can been, say been, you can say ass on the radio. All <laughs> right. Well, that's what they are—dead ass last. And 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 their their numbers are really pathetic. Oh. They're total rushing. Edwards Hilaire has almost all that himself. They, they just don't have anything. It's the offensive line. It's poor. Sam Darnold was all American. Southern Cal mm-hmm. has some fair receivers that they've been hurt. And just a, altogether, it's a perfect storm that's come together. And the Jets are the victims.
2: That perfect storm's been going on for about a decade now, uh, but what do you what do you foresee for the Chiefs today? What do you think that they're going? What are they going to work
1: on today? Well, that's exactly yeah. it. They will work on some deficiencies. I do not see them burying the Jets at all. They'll establish themselves at the very start, get out there, make a maybe a, a two or three touchdown lead, and then run the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, work on some of the strategy. They do have the Carolina Panthers next week. Again, not a real strong team, but better than the Jets. Mm-hmm. And then they have a week off before the Raiders. The Raiders out, out in Las Vegas. So I think this is an opportunity for Andy Reid to check out certain players. I, I can see uh, I can see Mahomes going to the bench, and I can see Chad Henne, and they're getting getting some work, and a lot of reserves going in because I do think Kansas City probably is capable of beating this team in the 50s, somewhere like 50 to nothing. Mm-hmm. They won't. The 19-and-a-half point margin or spread, I think, says it all. I wouldn't play that uh, if you're into chocolate chips. But the <laughs> fact is that uh, I think Kansas City wins however badly they want to. Wait,
2: did you hear that? What? That was Mike the intern screaming at you because <laughs> he hates it when you do that. I, I, so he's he's right now, he's screaming. Oliver, it's okay. Your dad will be fine. That's right. What do you think, John, uh, about the Chiefs? And, well, let me ask you this question. The question I had in mind was, which which is a bigger dumpster fire this year in football? Is it the Jets or is it the Cowboys? It's the Jets.
3: Okay. I mean, as bad as it is with Andy Dalton possibly missing time now and basically having open tryouts to be quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys – Here's some depressing statistics that Ned alluded to, and this is legit through seven games, folks. Crowder, Jamison Crowder, who's out today, leads the team with 383 yards receiving. That's over seven games. Frank Gore, which God bless Frank Gore, he's going to be a Hall he's of still Famer. still playing? He is, and he is their primary running back. He has 310 yards on the ground. And my friend Corey Walker, I'll give a shout-out to him, in the Northeast. He is such a diehard Jet fan. And we had discussions when there was that glimmer of hope with, where I saw Sam Darnold kind of turning a corner for them. Darnold has three touchdown passes and six INTs. Oh, man. Through seven games. This is a abysmal team right now.
1: And it is not necessarily his fault because no. he has been pressured by an offensive line yes. that just simply is not capable of keeping anybody out of there. Darnold... As a Trojan, was a fine player. Yes, he was. I mean, a top draft choice and a guy who is regularly on the all the, by the media, anointed as a big time Treat number three, right? <laughs> and and here he is just struggling Uh-oh. terribly with the Jets.
2: We talk about this a lot. That these guys coming out of college, they're all top tier players. Mm-hmm. They're the the cream of the crop. But you have to be able to stand up and throw a pass to somebody who can catch it to win games. Mm-hmm. And if you're on your back or if you don't have anybody with you don't have anybody to throw to, you're not going to win those games. And that's the case with a lot of teams, like the Giants, which is another dumpster fire or the Jets. They just, you know, they get one piece, and that one piece is not enough. To turn the corner, and I guess it goes back to our culture conversation. Is the Chiefs had built up several pieces over the years, and then that one piece that they needed that completed the puzzle for them was Patrick Mahomes. And I would even say that if Alex Smith was healthy, they would they 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 would be a Super Bowl caliber team with what they had, and Alex Smith is quarterback. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes are the same quarterback. Oh, of don't not. don't get me wrong. Don't freak out about that. But That there's there's a number of pieces in place in Kansas City, and I think some organizations just have a difficulty understanding that it's not the quarterback or even the coach that's going to win those games
1: for a team. I'm going to make a reverse analogy here. If you were to put and this is uh, strictly my my opinion, if you were to have put Patrick Mahomes on the New York Jets, Mm -hmm. he may have gotten. Maybe a win or two with that team this yeah. year because of his abilities, but that's all it would have been because mm-hmm. he would not have any kind of protection at all. He'd be running for his life It is a th- this is an all encompassing team sport, yeah. and yes, you can have you can have your big names, but if you don't have every component part of that team mm-hmm. working together, you ain't going anywhere
3: well, and the jets are a prime example of this, and again, I'm so sorry to pick on them, but it's <laughs> You know, I feel like I'm in a time swirl every you know five to ten years with the Jets. You know, Chad Pennington, boy, he's a great quarterback, he's really going to turn things around. Fast forward, Mark Sanchez, you know, he's a great quarterback, he's really going to turn around, turn things around, butt fumble. Then Sam Darnold, you know, he's a great quarterback, he's really going to turn things around. Quarterbacks don't make a winning football team, unfortunately, it is a key part. But boy, you've got to have some sort of surrounding cast,
2: Ned. I'm going to sound like you. Let's let let everybody take a drink really quickly here because I think the media overemphasizes the quarterback role on a football team, and there's so many times. To- and, and I think especially when you play in a market like New York, we play in New York. Uh, let that's the single market in sports that is the hardest to plan. It in Boston. Yes. Now I I. LA is not quite there yet with their frothing, but in New York, (laughs) it's frothing. There's a lot of competition as far as papers go, as far as talk radio goes, as far as TV goes, and it's so much emphasis on this one guy that's going to change things, and it's Mm -hmm. got to be, you've got to build pieces, and that's how you build a winning organization.
1: What team is this frothing going to play for? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Who, who's
2: he? What 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 college does Frothing go to? Is he a Heisman candidate this year? Well, we'll see. We're about fifteen minutes away from the start of the pregame show. It's Ned on one hundred four point seven, the Cave.
0: Back to Ned Talk on one hundred four point seven, the Cave. <laughs> a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network your weather in new york today some
2: rain possible this afternoon 56 cloudy skies that's what the chiefs will be facing i don't think the weather will be an issue for them today let's check in with Ned reynolds and he's going to tell us about his player of the week it's brought to you by mid missouri bank
1: and the player of the week will be the uh, 53 players or whatever, actually 47 I think it is, It's suit up for the Kansas City Chiefs today yes. because they can name a player in this one. <laughs> uh, who's going to be the dominant player? Uh, I, once again, I'm going to go with their defense. I wow. think that Chris Jones, if he is able to play, he does, he's bothered by um, a groin injury, but if he's able to play and uh, get in there and disrupt, it's not going to take all that much, to disrupt the Uh, New York Jets offense. I I would pick pick him and and the uh, Kansas City defense as a total Players of the Week because that's what it'll take. They'll beat the Jets regardless of what they do, but disrupting them, getting the Jets completely out of whatever rhythm they might have, really will have a disturbing effect on that team.
2: John, what you got for
3: Player of the Week? For Player of the Week, I am going to go with I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say Le'Veon Bell will be the player of the week today. I think he'll get a lot more carries against the Jets, and I think he'll be obviously motivated. So I'm going to go with him.
2: I'm going uh, to. Rare that you would see some guy have two brilliant games in a row, but I'll, I'll pick Byron Pringle.
3: Oh, it's <laughs> not a Let's bad. Just pick. say that.
2: Let's talk about. Um, we're at the midway point of the NFL season today. Week 8, and we've talked about the Dumpster Fire teams. (laughs) Talked a little bit about the best teams. Let's talk about teams you think are overrated. Uh, Ned, start with you. Maybe not as good as their record shows.
1: Chicago Bears. Yeah,
2: that was the team I was going to say. Uh, uh, They
1: they showed their vulnerability against the Rams uh, last Sunday night on TV. Chicago has a good team, but they're very far from being a great team. Dallas, of course, has already imploded. And, uh you know there there are there are others that fall into that category and, and another one is a team that i really thought was going to be good still might be but the buffalo bills they have not really come to the fore the way i thought they would and their loss to Kansas City, I think, was very significant.
2: They lost the week afterwards too, didn't they? Or were that was a closer game than what people I think closer continue?
1: game is what it was. Yeah. They're playing the Patriots today in Buffalo, and that'll be. I, I, I think Buffalo wins that game, but how they do it and how they're able to manifest some kind of an attack against the Patriots, I think, is going to be very uh, symbolic of what they're able to do the rest of the year. Mm-hmm.
3: John, what do you think? I think
1: the uh, Indianapolis Colts, as much as I love Indianapolis,
3: I spend a lot of time there. I think they're kind of a smokescreen right now. I see a lot of, of holes that can be exploited when they start playing better opponents. Uh, I mean, you've got Phillip Rivers there, and this is no knock on Philip Rivers. He's a good <laughs> good quarterback, but he's not a great quarterback. He could never get those Chargers teams over the hump, and I just don't see this being a magical year for them. T.Y. Hilton is showing his age tremendously this year and i hate seeing guys that i've followed and liked kind of fall off a cliff age-wise but i think he's there so i i think the colts are are not someone you should bet the farm on
2: ned let me ask you this one of the teams that has a a, quietly kind of has a very good record um is the cleveland browns do you think that they've turned the corner
1: I think it's too early to say turning the corner because you really make that decision after the oh, 14, 15, 16 games of the season. Uh, they've they've played uh, pretty good football and mm-hmm. they've the, this is this is a team that was a trendy choice last year <laughs> to win everything and they didn't do anything at all. And this year you kind of pushed them to the side. Well, it didn't come to the fore. Now maybe they were a year away from being mature last year. Now Baker Mayfield does have the abilities. Odell Beckham not being in there is really costly for them because yes. he was—he's one of those game breakers who really can carry a team. But having said all that, I—I I like the Browns. I think they have some capabilities. They're not championship-level teams, but they—they they can do some things. It's a team on on whom to keep your eye. John, what's your thoughts on the
2: Browns?
3: Uh,
1: with the Browns, I mean Ned said it best.
3: Anybody that thinks Baker Mayfield is not a talented quarterback is basically kidding themselves at this point. I know his antics at Oklahoma turned some people off, but he is a good football player. Beckham will hurt. The guy that impresses me the most on this team, and he's another one that's kind of had problems last year, we went into it greatly, is Miles Garrett. Garrett, to me, is the best defensive player in the NFL. He changes games with how much pressure he can get on quarterbacks. He is one of those generational players, guys for me
2: let's talk about the big game in the NFL today Steelers week two of big games they played the Titans last week and this week they have the Ravens and do you see this as being lost number one for them
1: could be they're playing in Baltimore it is raining in Baltimore of course it's raining for both teams but the fact is that That Pittsburgh Pittsburgh's played well. Pittsburgh Mm -hmm. almost gave gave things away last weekend. They did. Twenty seven to twenty-four victory over Tennessee on the road, significant. Well they're on the road again this time. They've got to play at their utmost to be able to maintain that undefeated scheme. I think there's a strong possibility that it comes to an end today. Yep.
2: What's your biggest disappointment? So far in the NFL this year, biggest team disappointment. I,
1: I'm Rather than team, I'm going to say a division, and it's the NFC East. That just simply has not come to the fore at all. You have all your teams under 500. Uh, you know, I, uh, it's no secret I bleed the green and white of the Philadelphia Eagles, and <laughs> they may win the doggone thing. <laughs> but But here you have Dallas, Washington, New York Giants, and Philadelphia, all just not really solid football teams. I will pin it on that division. John, your thoughts. Uh, the most disappointing
3: team in the NFL this year to me are the Houston Texans. And you could kind of see this one coming because of the moves made in the offseason. I mean, tr- I still can't wrap my head around the DeAndre Hopkins trade. He's probably it- easily one of the top three elite receivers in the league. So you take that away. Deshaun Watson is a fantastic player, but he has no help at the moment. They're one in six. They're struggling, and Chiefs fans know this well. This was a team that was scary last year when the Chiefs played them,
1: and to the point, to the point where the NFL said we'll match up the Chiefs and the Texans on opening night before the entire country. (laughs) Oh my goodness! Yes,
2: it was. And for me, I'm going to have to say the Vikings. I was surprised at how poorly the Vikings have played this year. I just think that they're, you know, a little bit better than that. I feel like that that. That's a team that should be a little further along than it is. We have a matchup today between two teams that are, I guess you called maybe overrated Bears and Saints. Who you got in that game? New Orleans. Who you got? Beyond a shadow of a doubt, New Orleans. I'm going to go with the Bears. All right, let's go with our picks in today's game. Chiefs and the Jets. Let's just go with score. Ned,
1: what's the score? (laughs) The Chiefs win by, I'm going to say, Let's just say thirty-eight to ten. Okay, John.
3: I'm going to go a little bit more conservative because, as Ned alluded to earlier, I think they'll call off the dogs. I'm going to say twenty-seven ten.
2: Forty-two six. <laughs> <laughs> that is my pick for the game because I think it just they just won't be able to help themselves. Oh
1: wait a minute, forty-two six favor. The Chiefs. <laughs> All right. Just testing you, man. Just testing We'll you. see
2: you guys in a week. The pregame show starts in about a minute. Stick around for that. Kickoff comes at noon. Jets and Chiefs. Want to say thanks to Mike the Intern, Corbin Campbell, Nick Fury, and of course, Scott Meyer. It's Ned Talk. I'm four point seven. The Cave.